thank you for tuning in to AnchorCast. Please remember to subscribe and follow us on social media at Anchor Nights to get the latest updates about events, meetings, and uploads. We hope you enjoy today's episode. I seriously can't think of anything more pressing for our age group than purpose. I I seriously can't think of anything more important than purpose. What's our purpose? (laughs) What are we called to do? Who are we called to be? And and how does this fit in with our relationship with God? I mean, I think those are our biggest questions right now in this time of life, right? This, This is what it's about. And I think many of you could relate to me when last week I said probably my biggest fear is not living up to my potential and purpose. Anybody relate to that? Like that is, that's probably my biggest fear. And last week I said this, if you've ever wondered why you're on this earth, understand that God has placed you here as a unique person with a unique mission. You are a unique person with a unique mission aimed at establishing and extending God's kingdom. You you are a unique person with a unique mission aimed at establishing and extending God's kingdom and your potential and your purpose lies securely and completely in God. You were designed and created by the creator with unique mission and a unique purpose to fulfill his purpose on earth. And if you remember, we said the Bible, it says that God knows our innermost being. He, he knit us together. He designed us with purpose. You already have purpose. You already have purpose. You were created with purpose. So the question is not if you have a purpose. The question really is what is your purpose? Y'all remember that? You remember that? It's not if you have purpose. It's what is your purpose? But how do we find out what our purpose is? That's the big struggle. How do we find out? How do we know? I think the Bible can give us some clues, can give us some insight on how we find out what our purpose is. Listen, I can't be up here and I can't be like, Drake, I know God's purpose for you, and it's this. Kobe, I got God's purpose for you, and it's this. Emilio, you're out of luck, guy. I'm just like, I can't, I can't do that because you are a unique, purpose, you're a unique person with a unique purpose and a unique mission. So how do we find out what that is? Well, I think the Bible, uh, the Bible leads us uh, in, in a way that we can find out what that purpose is. He, he lays out some direction on how we can walk and live in our designed purpose. And last week, we looked at essential number one. Who remembers what essential number one is? Nobody. Nobody listens. A clean heart. <laughs> essential number one, a clean heart. You remember that? We talked about that we need to offer God a blank canvas, a clean heart, removing our sin and our own desires to wholeheartedly pursue him and his purpose for us, which in turn leads us to living a purpose-filled life. Remember that? That's essential number one, a blank canvas, all right? This week is essential number two, okay? This is essential number two. Write this down. I want you to remember it for next week. A clear mind, a clear mind. Essential one, a clean heart. Essential number two, a clear mind. Now, uh, anybody... uh, Anybody here, like, love, like, magicians and, like, illusionists? 
No, nobody like loves magicians. I'm not saying in love with a magician. I'm saying like you love magicians. I do. I, anybody actually ever seen a magician or an illusionist? They, they're creepy, dude. They like do things that's like, how is that even possible? One of my favorite magicians, illusionists, he's more of an illusionist, um, David Blaine. Anybody ever heard of David Blaine? He's a funny dude because he's so monotone. He's just like, I'm David Blaine. Boom, magic. Be astonished. I'm amazing. That's it. That's, his, that's him. Magic. He's crazy. There's stuff I've seen him do that I have not forgotten, okay? And I've watched all his specials and everything. There's this one where he, like, took a dude's, like, a piece of string off of a dude's shirt. And he, like, like freaking balled it up and put it in his mouth and swallowed it. And was like, ah, it's gone. And then he, like, pulled it out of his neck. Like, it was like the string was coming out of his, like, it was pulling his skin. And the string was literally coming out of his neck. How is that even possible? I, I still don't know how he does it. it it's just, it's, it's astonishing. It amazes me. And, and, and listen, the, the purpose of an illusion, right, is it makes you believe something's real when it isn't. Like, that's a purpose of an illusion. I, there's no way that he, like, he just has a hole in his neck. And you just swallow it come out. No, it's an illusion. There's, there's something going on. There's some trickery, right? It tricks you. That's what an illusion does. It's our eyes seeing a lie and believing its truth. It's our eyes seeing a lie and believing its truth. And, and one of the main reasons I believe that people settle for less or stop short of their purpose and calling and don't live up to their potential, I believe, is that at some point in their lives, their mind has been filled with lies. At some point, their mind has been filled with illusions, and they've been tricked to believing a lie is truth. Kids lie all the time, right? Kids do. It's like, did you eat that chocolate bar? And they're like, nope, wasn't me. And they got chocolate like all over their face. You know what I mean? Like kids do that, okay? Uh, but, but like this, that's an easy to spot lie. That's a lie that's like, oh, obviously they ate it. But what about lies that have been sold to us and have been embedded into our brain and, and they've rewired us away from the purpose and potential that God wants us to achieve? What about those lies? See, I think these kinds of lies, they're hard to catch. They're hard to catch because they come from a professional liar. They come from a professional illusionist. I have to tell you, if you believe in God, then you also believe there's an enemy. And if you believe that, then I want you to know that there's spiritual warfare happening in and around you at all times, 24-7. It is happening. I believe that spiritual warfare is a thing, and there's a master of manipulation and illusion out there. Yeah, he's trying to trick you. Listen, John chapter 8, verse 44, Jesus calls the devil a liar and a murderer who despises truth. Jesus calls the devil a father of lies. The father of lies. The devil knows that he can't stop God. The devil knows that he can't stop God. The devil also knows that he can't stop God and keep him from moving or doing what he wants to do. And the devil knows that he can't make you do anything. 
but he can try and make you believe anything. The devil can't stop God. He can't force you to do anything, but he can trick you into believing anything. And he will deceive and coerce you and lie you into believing something in your mind that will keep you from living your purpose. It's what he does. Jamie Swain, our next gen director, a couple weeks ago, if you were here, uh, she, she said this, that there can be lies that we believe for so long that they become truth to us. She called them strongholds. That we form strongholds in our minds, lies that become truth. These are lies that come from the enemy. They're there to distance us and deter us from pursuing our purpose. And the devil knows that he can't keep God away from us, but he can keep us away from God if he wins the war in your mind. You following? Listen to this. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 through 8, the verse we read, it says this. Have this mind, mind, among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. You have to have the mind of Jesus, in which he emptied a clear mind so that he could fill his purpose on earth. I want to tell you this. If you want to live in your purpose, you have to uproot the lies. You have to uproot the strongholds and replace them with truth. <laughs> don't just uproot the lies and don't do anything with it. You've got to uproot and replace, and you have to replace with truth because if you just uproot the lie, another lie is going to come take its place. You following me? You've got to uproot the lies, replace them with truth, and I believe that there's so many lies that we can struggle with, so many things that the devil wants to put in our ear, but I have three things that I think inhibit us most at any given time. Three lies. There's three lies that we have to uproot and get rid of immediately. These lies we need to replace with truth so that we can pursue and discover our purpose. You ready? You following? Three lies. Lie number one, I can't. Lie number one, I can't. The worst thing about the I can't lie is that it causes you to stop before you even start. The worst thing about the I can't lie is that it stops us before we even start. And when you feel God calling you to something, right, the first lie that the enemy will try and put in your head is I can't. This is the very first lie. This is the devil's basic attack. <laughs> this is his first move. This is, this is basics, enemy basics 101. Is he's going to try and put this in. He's going to try to trick you into believing that you can't. Because if he can get you to do that right off the bat, then he's won the battle before you even start. You following? This is a big one. The lie, the lie of I can't, it fills us with fear. The lie of I can't fills us with fear as we face our biggest obstacles and challenges. If the first thing in your head is I can't, then your first thought about any challenge or obstacle is failure. I can't overcome my addictions. I can't stop drinking alcohol. I can't stop these drugs. I, I, I can't have a good, healthy relationship. 
I, I, I can't mend that relationship with my parents. I, I, I can't pursue God's calling. I, I, I can't, I'm a failure. I can't follow God. I can't start that business. I can't live up to my potential. I can't chase that calling. Y'all remember that uh, cartoon, The Little Engine That Could? And, like, he's like a little train, little train guy. And how he starts going is he's like, I think I can. 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 And he's going up the hill, right? Anytime he faces an obstacle, he's like, I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. But what? imagine if he only ever said, I think I can't. The dude's never going to leave the station. He's like, I think I can't. Okay, I guess I can't. Yet, like, like, that's how some of us are living our lives. That's how we live our lives because we have a stronghold embedded in our minds of I think I can't. And until you get rid of this intrusive, pervasive lie, your little engine that could will be a little engine that can't. <laughs> you follow me? You have to replace I can't with I can. You have to replace I can't with I can. Here's how. This isn't a self-help thing, okay? This, this is how. This is how. You can believe I can because God. You can believe I can because God. God is the creator of potential. He is the completer of fulfillment. He is the giver of purpose. Philippians 4.13, some of y'all, this is your favorite verse, listen. It says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That verse Paul specifically spoke about his ability to handle both plenty and poverty without being distracted from his purpose. So if God, the creator of all things, if he knows us, if we will one day be rewarded for what we have done, as it's written in 2 Corinthians, then we can assume that he has a plan for us. And we can assume that there is something that we can do. There is a purpose for us. Now listen, we can't do everything, but we can do anything that Jesus wants us to do. We can't do everything, but we can do anything that Jesus wants us to do. That includes overcoming our sin. That includes overcoming our failures by his grace and with his health. And that includes accomplishing his will for our lives by living our God-given purpose. You can replace the lie of I can't with I can because God, period. God created you with a purpose. And you can fulfill and achieve. You can live in that purpose. Not because of your strength, but because of Christ who strengthens you. So that even when your obstacles seem big, even when you don't feel adequate or qualified, even when the liar tells you that you can't, you can hold on to the truth because God says you can. Can I get an amen? Sadly, though, y'all are going to walk out of here and you're going to be like, yeah, I can. I can. And then you'll try, and you will fail, and you'll go back to, I can't. Well, I, I tried. I can't. I can't. And that lie kind of comes back, and, and, and you say, I can't. Why? 
Here's why. Because the enemy wants to make you believe. The enemy wants you to believe that if you fail once, you will always fail. The enemy wants you to believe that if you failed once, you will always fail. But I want you to know this. God looks at the heart. God looks at the heart. And if you are avidly seeking to serve him and fulfill your purpose, you are a success. Proverbs 24, 16 says, For the righteous falls seven times and rises again, but the wicked stumble in times of calamity. The only way to never fail is to never attempt. The only way to never fail is to never attempt, and that's exactly what the enemy wants. He wants you to never attempt. <laughs> he wants you to never try. He wants you to, if you never shoot you know, the shot, you're never going to make it or whatever Michael Scott said. It, it, like, he wants you to never attempt it or he wants you to fail once and never try again. That's his plan. But God says, don't stay down. Keep pushing through. Get up. See, failure is a natural part of success. Sometimes you have to fail. Sometimes you have to fail. Sometimes God has to close doors so he can open another door for you. Sometimes God has to close doors so you can walk through the open doors. Sometimes that job didn't work out because the job God wants you to do is coming. You feel me? But if you get so hung up on that closed door uh, that, that, that you never attempt to walk through the next door, you're just like, I can't do it. I already failed once. I got fired from that job or I like, got let go or I, I made it all the way to the last round of the interview and I didn't get hired. I didn't get picked. I can't, I can't apply for this next one. I'm just, I'm a failure. I can't. I can't do it. I can't. It's just not me. It's not for me. I can't. If you get so hung up on your failure, you will never find success. And if you get so hung up on that closed door that you never attempt to walk through the door that God opens, you may miss out on your purpose. Maybe you're hung up on that college you didn't get into uh, and you just you don't know what you're going to do with your life and that was like your dream college. Or maybe you're upset that you did get into your dream college and it's nothing like you thought it was and you're upset about that. God, what are you doing here? Uh, I, I, this, is, I, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. And you're so consumed with failure and, that you go back to believing I can't and you miss the opportunity and you miss the direction God is pointing you in so that you can pursue and fulfill your purpose. Don't be afraid to attempt what God is leading you to. Don't be afraid to attempt what God is leading you to do through prayer and wisdom. Do not fear and believe the lie of I can't. Replace it with the truth of I can. So the first lie we have to get rid of is I can't. And we replace it with I can. Here's the second lie. Here's the second lie. Second biggest one. God won't. God won't. I can't. God won't. My uh, famous, famous, oh, God, she knows. my favorite Christmas movie uh, of all time is a movie called Jingle All the Way. 
I know we're in May, and I shouldn't be thinking about Christmas, but I do year-round. Uh, I had a dream about Christmas the other night, and it was lovely, okay? And uh, I just, I love Christmas. I love Christmas music. Um, my wife knows that I will just be singing, like, Deck the Halls and Jingle All the Way, like, all the time, right? But anyway, there's this movie, Jingle All the Way, with Arnold Schwarzenegger, and uh, he is, um, he plays a dad who's trying to get the number one hottest best-selling toy ever for his son on Christmas Eve. Any last-minute shoppers, that's insane to try and get a toy on Christmas Eve. That's, that's, that's crazy. Anyway, he spends all Christmas Eve hunting down this toy, and then the, there's this kind of underlying storyline where he's constantly making promises that he doesn't keep. He's constantly making these promises to his son and to his wife that he doesn't keep. He told his wife he promises he'll have the toy uh, before Christmas Eve, but he doesn't. Or he promises he's going to be home in time for dinner, and he doesn't. He misses his son's karate class. He's missing Christmas Eve. He tells his son, I promise you, I'm going to be at the parade. And there's a, uh, there's a moment in the movie where his character's on the phone with his son, and he says, son, I promise I'm going to be there. And you know what his son tells His son is just done. He's sick of it. He's sick of him not holding up to his promises. And he says, Dad, you know what Turbo Man says? He says, always keep your promises if you want to keep your friends. And Dad, you know what? You never keep your promises, Dad. You never do what you say you're going to do ever. And he hangs up on his dad. Whew. It's a tense moment in that movie. It's tense. It's tense. How many of you have been in a situation where someone broke a promise they told you they would keep. You ever have someone break a promise to you? Yeah, yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe you've had a parent that, that just, like, just breaks your trust all the time. Maybe you had a parent that never kept the promises, didn't show up to your sports games, didn't show up to your awards ceremony. <laughs> didn't, maybe they, they said that they would come to these school events and didn't show up when you needed them. How many of you have had parents divorce? Parents who made promises to one another <laughs> that they would be there together through the ups and the downs and the highs and the lows, yet they broke that promise. Maybe you've had a best friend stab you in the back. <laughs> maybe, maybe a friend has taken advantage of you, made promises they didn't keep. Anyone relate to any of this? Anybody at all? If you don't relate to this, maybe you relate to this one. How many times have you broken a promise? How many promises have you made that you didn't keep? I mean, think about it. A pact you didn't uphold, you hurt someone. How many times have you made a promise to yourself and you didn't keep it? How about this? A promise to God and you didn't keep it. God, I, I, I promise. I promise this time is the last time. I swear. This is it. I'm quitting now. Two seconds later, you're doing the same thing. Oh, I was wrong. This is the last time. God, I promise, I, pro I swear, I quit now. God, I, I, I promise I'm going to stop. I'm going to make things better with my family. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop lying. God, I'm going to stop doing that. God I, prom God, I promise that if you pull me out of this bad situation, God, I promise if you save me here, I promise I'm going to go to church every week. <laughs> and then, oh, oh, I got something came up. I'll catch you next week, God. <laughs> How many times? It doesn't take long till we break those promises. If those around you can't keep their promises, if your parents can't keep their promises, 
If your best friend can't keep their promises, if you can't keep your promises, how can we believe that there's a God out there who will? How can you believe that there's a, there's a creator that's, that's going to keep their promises? And you, you look at God and you think, God won't. God won't. And the lie starts to form in your head. And just like everyone else, God's destined to fail me. And just like everyone else who couldn't keep a promise, God won't either. And we walk around in our minds with God won't. And we walk around with God won't. We will never be in God's will. When we walk around with the belief that God won't, we will never be in God's will. So we have to tear down the lie of God won't and replace it with God will. How? How? Judge him by his track record. Judge him by his track record. Follow me here. I always count myself pretty blessed I love my dad. Like, my dad is absolutely incredible. He's, he's just been a, a, just a, a good father. He's, I love him. I grew up, and my dad, if he made a promise, <laughs> I knew he was going to keep it. That was great until the promises were, you're going to be grounded. <laughs> He definitely kept those promises, all right? Like, that's it's all fun and games until then. But he, he, I knew that if he made a promise, he was going to keep it. Why? Because ever since I was little, if my dad made a promise, he kept it. He taught me, he said, hey, be a man of integrity. If you make a promise, if you make a pact, you keep it. And so I knew that whenever my dad made a promise, he would keep it. started out when I was little, and as I got older, it became easier and easier and easier and easier for me to trust him. You ever see a little kid, and he's like at the edge of the couch, and, 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 and the dad's like, jump. And the kid's like, I'm scared. Are you going to catch me, dad? And the dad's like, yeah. It's only that first time. Because as soon as that kid jumps and the dad catches, it's like, dad, do it again. Dad, do it again. Dad, do it again for like a million times, right? Like they just trust after that. It's just built up trust. And when my dad promised me something, he did it. But if I started basing trust in my dad off of other people, well, Timmy's dad said he was going to the grocery store and he would be back in five minutes and he never came home. My best friend Josh, I told him my biggest secret, and he put it on TikTok. Uh, it just, if, if I started going, well, you know, this, this happened, so I can't, I can't trust anyone anymore, and I definitely can't trust my dad, that would go against everything that he had built up my entire life, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that be silly? So why do we base trust in God off of other people's actions? Judge God by his track record. <laughs> I want to tell you, when you start trusting God off of his track record, you're going to see that the lie of God won't is just that, a lie. And the truth is, God will. Just look at his track record right here in Scripture. It's not going to be on the screens, but just, just listen to this. Listen. These are just what I pulled off, like a quick little search flipping through. Okay, this is what I found. Joshua 21, verse 45. Not one of all the Lord's good promises to Israel failed. Everyone was fulfilled. 
Joshua 23, 14. Now I'm about to go the way of all the earth. You know with all your heart and soul that not one of all the good promises the Lord your God gave you has failed. Every promise has been fulfilled. Not one has failed. Jeremiah Chapter 1, verse 12, the Lord said to me, you have, been, you have seen correctly, for I am watching to see that my word is fulfilled. Lamentations 2, 17, the Lord has done what he planned. He has fulfilled his word, which he decreed long ago. Ezekiel 12, 28, therefore say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, none of my words will be delayed any longer. Whatever I say will be fulfilled, declares the sovereign Lord. Luke chapter 1, verse 38, I am a servant of the Lord's. Mary answered, may your word to me be fulfilled and it was. There's not one instance in Scripture that I can find where God did not keep his promises. That's his track record. He is a promise keeper. He always keeps his word, and he watches over plans until they are fulfilled. Not only does he make the promises, but he watches them until they are fulfilled. He is a promise keeper and a promise fulfiller. And when we walk with the truth in our minds that God will, we can walk in our purpose. Can I get a hallelujah, please? Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 is talking about us as believers. It says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. That's a promise. Galatians chapter 6 verse 9, it says, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. That's a promise. Don't give up. Don't give up. Even when God's timing isn't your timing, he will fulfill his promises to you. Jeremiah 29, 11, one of my favorites. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope in a future, I want you to know that God did not create you to leave you to live a mediocre life. God did not create you to leave you to live a mediocre life. His plans for you were formed from the very beginning of time. And you can step right into that promise with confidence, knowing that he knows what he's doing. God will. He will give you life to the fullest. He will lead you in the right direction. He will open the doors he has ready for you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will fulfill his purpose for you. Here's lie number three. Lie number three that keeps us from knowing and pursuing our purpose. It's too late. It's too late. This is a powerful powerful lie of the devil. This is powerful warfare. This, this, the feeling of urgency, which really should prompt us to action, becomes his tool to lead us to stagnation. What should lead us to action, the devil used and he twists it and he says, nah, nah, it's too late, and it leads us to stagnation, to sit where we are and not to move. If the enemy can't get you to believe that you can't, and if he can't get you to believe that God won't, he will get you to believe that it's too late. The lie in your head, the stronghold in your head will be, I could have, 
God would have, but it's too late. I could have, God, God would have, but it's too late now. When I was in um, community college, I remember one of the very first classes I took. Freshman, just going, I, I went to Clovis North, and then I went to Willow International, which is Clovis Community. So my school literally just went across the street. And so it was like high school part two, okay? And, and I, but I remember my first class, I was taking one of my very first courses in community college, and I walked into the class. There's a few people in there. And there was a lady in her 60s uh, in the back, kind of like in the back corner. She was kind of set up. She had her notebook out. She had glasses on, pens. She, she was ready. She was chilling. And I walked in. I was like, oh, that's, that must be the professor. And I grabbed, a, I grabbed a seat. And then a few minutes later, the professor came in and started the course. And I was like, oh, I thought that lady was the professor. I guess not. She must be evaluating him or taking some sort of notes, you know, first day, whatever. Maybe it's his first year being a professor. Who knows? Sat through the class. Next day, she was there. And the, the next day, she was there. And I realized that she was a student, <laughs> like me, taking the same class as me. And I was 18. And, and, you know, you start getting buddy-buddy with people in class. And I remember one time we were, we were having a conversation with her, and me and a few other people. And, of course, one of us had to speak up because we were curious. And we were like, why, why are you in school? You know what I mean? Shouldn't you be with your grandkids or what's going on? Like, you know, and, 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 and we, we just, we were curious. We were curious. And I remember her telling this, her story. And she had, she had you know, dropped out of college because she had got pregnant. She ended up raising her daughter and then having a family. But she always wanted to go back to school. She always wanted to go back to school. But, but she, she never did. And we, we all asked, why, well, why now? Why at 60-something years old? And, and, and I'll never, I'll never uh, forget when she said, I kept telling myself that it was too late. I kept telling myself it was too late, but then five years would go by, and I'd realize that if I had started five years ago, I'd have my degree, and, and that kept happening, and I kept telling myself that it was too late, it was too late, and the, the time would go by anyway, the years would go by anyway, so I figured, why not start now? Why not start now? Because then in five years, I'll be able to say it wasn't too late. The truth is that in God's timing, it's never too late. In God's timing, it's never too late. I mean, maybe you lost an opportunity, sure. <laughs> maybe you did. It's, it's true. Yesterday, you can't get yesterday back. Yesterday cannot come again. You can't get that time back. You can't get those lost days or resources. But are you going to throw away today because of yesterday? Are you going to throw away today because you're stuck in yesterday's pain? You're stuck in yesterday's sorrow? See, I think it's more encouraging to do something rather than let another day go by doing nothing. It's more encouraging to do something rather than doing nothing and letting yourself believe it's too late. It's better to start pursuing your purpose now then let another few years go by and wonder why you didn't start it today. Uh, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't graduate high school knowing what God was calling me to do. Well, not many people do, okay? But that's how the enemy is going to get you to believe it's too late. We talked about this last week, one of the, 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 the thief of joy comparison. And this is how he starts to get you to believe the lie that's too late comparison. Oh, well, that, I, man, I... I I knew that guy, 
And now he's like 20 and like rich from his startup company. And he, that guy's definitely living in his purpose. Oh, that, that girl just graduated med school. And if I, if I start med school now, I'm going to be like 10 years behind her. And it's just like, it's too late for me. It's, it's too late. You start, you start comparing and you start, you start I, 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 can't, I, I can't fulfill my purpose. <laughs> but God's timing for one purpose, person is not going to be the same for another. God's timing for one per- person is not going to be the same for another. I was thinking about the story in the Bible of Abraham and Sarah, and this is a classic. I know many of you have heard it, and, and how God came. He promised Abraham and Sarah a child. They had, hadn't had a child. She was unable to have a child. And, but God promised them. He said, your lineage is going to be huge. He said that Abraham was going to be the father of many nations and his descendants would outnumber the stars in the sky. But Sarah couldn't believe it. Sarah couldn't believe it. She said, no, there's no way. It's too late. I am too old. It's impossible. And she compared herself and her situation against everyone around her. But she was 90 years old when God showed her it wasn't too late. And she was pregnant, and she gave birth to her first son, Isaac. 90. It's never too late for God to fulfill his promises in your life. You have to remove the lie of it's too late and replace it with the truth that it is never too late. As the band comes up, we get ready to close. I remember the story that my grandfather told me. And if your grandparents are still around, you should definitely just talk to them. Ask them about their life. Ask them questions. Because one day they won't be here, and you're going to wish you had. But I, I remember my grandfather, and thankfully he's still here. Remember he told me this, this story. He was telling me about his life growing up. And he, he was... His childhood was hard. They didn't have a lot of money. He was in and out of orphanages with his siblings, and they were split up a lot. But at one point, he got to come back home with his dad and his stepmom, but it wasn't, it wasn't a good home life. His stepmom was abusive, would beat them, would hurt them. And my, my grandpa, the, the first chance he could get, he signed up uh, for the Air Force, and he, he, he left he never really looked back. And he started living his life, and he did some amazing things. He became, after the Air Force, he became a, a cop, and then he was a, a chief of police at one point. Then later in his life, he had the calling to become a pastor. And he started learning about God, and he, and he started preaching, and he, he started preaching God's word, and he started leading a, a church and preaching in all different places. And he told me when his stepmom was really old. She was on her deathbed. He went to go see her. And even through all the pain, even through all the the hardship and the heartache, he said, listen, God loves you. Jesus loves you. You you have to know that before you die. You have to know that before you go. you, you, You can accept him now. And he told me that she looked at him in the eyes and she said, it's too late. She said, oh, it's too late for me. 
it's too late. And my grandpa looked at her and he said, it's, it's never too late. You're never too far gone. There's, there's nothing that he won't forgive. It's not, it's not too late. If you're here today and you think it's too late for you, it's never too late. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22 through 23, says the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. God isn't finished with you yet. His mercies are new every morning. His love for you is unending and never ceasing. And his purpose for you, he will see it to completion. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how much of your life you think you've wasted running away from God. It doesn't matter how many promises you've broken because God made a promise to you that it's never too late to turn the ship around. Essential number two to finding and pursuing and fulfilling your calling and purpose is a clear mind, a mind filled with the truth of God's word. Get rid of the lie, I can't, and replace it with I can. Get rid of the lie, God won't, and replace it with the truth that God will. <laughs> and bury the lie that it's too late because with God, it's never too late. Let's pray together. Lord, I'm so thankful that we, that we praise and worship a God whose mercies are never ending and never ceasing, Lord. That you are bigger than the ups and downs in life, God. That God, you're the God of the mountains and you're the God of the valleys, Lord. God, that you promise us that with you, we can. God, you promise us that you will. God, you promise us that it's never too late for you to fulfill and complete your purpose in us. God, I pray that we can have clear minds so we can see you in truth, that we break down the strongholds of lies that keep pulling us back and keep pulling us down. God, that we can live in your truth, Lord. God, that you are good, that you are merciful, and that you are just, that you are God of the beginning and the end. You are God of mercy and grace, and you are a God of purpose. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.